Good morning, good morning, and welcome to Coffee and Prayer. I'm Pastor Andrew F. Carter. It is 5.30 a.m. here in Inglewood, California. As you guys are tuning in, please let me know where you are and what time it is. Good morning. So check it out. This is a worldwide ministry. We've got brothers and sisters from around the world who join us daily for the Word of God. We are collectively here because we want to read uh, one chapter of the New Testament, one chapter of the Old Testament. Glory to God. Check it out. We got people from Kentucky. We got Sister May from Germany. We got Las Vegas in the house, Michigan. Oh, man. 7.30 in some places, Miami. It's all over over the place. Central Valley is 5.30. Oh man, Miami, Modesto, Australia. There's my Aussies. Morning Christian, Los Angeles, a chilly Wisconsin, Italy. I love it. Charlotte, Chile, France. Like, come on somebody. That's crazy. North Georgia. This is a worldwide ministry. I'm thankful, grateful, humbled, and honored. Uh, Happy Friday if it's Friday where you guys are at. I hope you got your coffee, your tea, your water, your milk. I don't know what you're drinking, but uh, I know what we're reading. Today, you guys, we are reading out of Acts chapter 19. I am excited because we have been talking about, uh, you know, really the the Luke writing the Acts of the Apostles. We started out with Peter and what he was doing and then swiftly transitioned into Saul, who later, and, and as we now know as Paul, um, the churches that he went to, the things that he ran into, the issues. And it seems like there's a reoccurring theme. We'll get into that in just a little bit but uh you know he goes to a place he starts usually in the synagogue speaking and he usually stays until he uh, wears out his welcome he's either chased out by the jews who are jealous or he starts messing with the economy and messing with people's money just like the the little girl who was a fortune teller started messing with her money and they sent him out of here we'll see something very similar today but uh good morning i love you guys i honor you And today, Acts chapter 19, put that in the chat. And do me a favor, as people come in and maybe they're a little late and they don't know where we're at, if you guys would just remind them, that would be fantastic. Amen? Amen. So, check it out. In uh, Acts 19, we see that Paul runs into 12 individuals. There was 12 guys. He found some followers who had not received the Holy Spirit. And, you know, Paul runs into him and he says, hey, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said, no, we have never even heard of the Holy Spirit. We, uh, so, so Paul's like, well, what kind of baptism do you have? And he said, it's the baptism that John taught. And Paul lets them know, okay, John's baptism was a baptism of repentance, of changed hearts and lives. He told people to believe in the one who would come after him. And that one is Jesus. When they heard that, they, they, wanted to be, they wanted to be baptized. So they were baptized in the name of the Lord. And then Paul laid hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. So what we see is, is John came, as we know from the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. John was the predecessor. John came and he was laying the path. He was, lay, he, he was making the path clear for Christ to come. And many people received the baptism of John. Remember, John was, he was ruffling feathers too. He was ruffling feathers before Jesus came. Uh, they thought that he was crazy. He was out in the desert and out in the middle of nowhere baptizing people. And uh, he was wearing, what was it, camel hair clothes. And he was eating honey and wild locusts. Like they thought he was a lunatic uh, because what he was doing was, you know, it wasn't the norm. 
Um, he wasn't somebody who, you know, who, who took pride in the fame. He didn't, he wasn't somebody who took pride in all of the, the revelry and, and the honor that people bestowed upon him. People understood what he was doing. They loved him. They followed him. But what we see is that we run into individuals who still haven't heard, right? The gospel has not been preached. Not everybody has heard. These individuals hadn't even heard of the Holy Spirit. They said, well, we've never even heard of a Holy Spirit. So it marks the importance of what Paul and the apostles and the disciples and the followers of Jesus were doing at this time. And it brings me to a point that today we talk about this often. I, this was not planned. Okay. This is just super random, but I, I share the story where somebody comes up to me and they go, Hey brother, Jesus is already famous. And because of an organization that I'm a, a company or that I'm, I'm associated with, I understand that there's 3.2 billion individuals who have not heard the gospel of Jesus Christ in the world right? In the world. So we, many times we get so comfortable believing and understanding because we know the Bible, because we have access to it, because we grew up going to church plays or going to uh, school plays where there's a little baby in the manger with the three wise men, because we've heard the gospel or because we're so comfortable with it. We believe and think that it's worldwide, but even today, that's almost half of the human population do not know the gospel of Jesus Christ around the world. So we get so comfortable. It's like, uh, uh, we stop sharing. We just think that everybody has access to it. And um, this is going to be a shameless plug, and this wasn't a part of what I was doing. In May, I'm a part of the organization called The Send, and we're gathering in Kansas City. They've uh, they've rented Arrowhead Stadium. It holds 100,000 people. And uh, it's a free event for anybody who wants to go, but they're packing this stadium. It's going to be revival style. And what they're doing is they're charging individuals up, and they're sending them out into the missions field. It's going to be a packed stadium. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be uh, an event that will change your life. It's one of those things, you know, you, you think of back in the day when Billy Graham would pack a, a stadium. There's several speakers, there's artists. It's free and it's going to be beautiful. But the goal is to educate us on understanding that the people in this world still need to be reached for Jesus. Um, there is a link in my bio. If you guys are, ever wonder what it is, it's a free event. You can sign up. I will be there. I would love to see you guys in Kansas City. So for some of you out there who are, uh, this is in May. So if you're like, when is this? Where is this? This sounds great. The link in my bio when we're done, it says the send in my link tree. Click on it, get logged in, get registered. I'd love to see you guys there. But that was completely random. Holy Spirit, thank you. Because um, I haven't really been pushing. I haven't really been saying much about it. Uh, but I will be there. Cairo will be there. It's going to be great. But this shows the importance of what Paul was doing, his ministry and what they were doing. They were spreading the gospel. And it adds emphasis on what we are here to be doing. Like that is a part of the goal. That is the mission. The people that you have around you need the gospel. They need Jesus. People are sick. They're lost. They're broken. They're empty. They're numb. They're filled with hurt. They're filled with pain. It doesn't take much to see the, the, the struggle and the depression and the anxiousness that people are living in. My brothers and sisters in Christ, they have the victory through Jesus. And even them, even many of them are living in fear and pain and worry and concern. They're they're overwhelmed with fear. They're overwhelmed with worry. They're not walking in the boldness and the authority that they have. They don't know who they are. They don't know what they have inside of them. Understand, you guys, that the power in us, because once you receive Jesus, just like these men, once you receive Jesus, you receive the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit that lives in you is greater than the power in this world. We woke up and chose to preach this morning. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus.
All of this from Acts chapter 19. I'm like three verses in. Lord, help me and give me the strength to get through this message. Glory to God. If you guys aren't fired up, happy Friday. Like I said, happy Friday. I'm going to need more coffee though. Amen. So check it out. Like I said, in verse 5, when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord. And uh, they began speaking different languages and prophesying. There were about 12 people in the group. So it shares that in verse 8, Paul went to the synagogue and spoke out boldly for three months. What we see in um, Acts chapter 19 is a synopsis of the three years. He spent about three years in Ephesus. And they they condense it into, what is it? There's about uh, 40 41 verses. So three years are condensed into 41 verses. And this tells us, Luke is basically telling us, he spends a very little amount of time uh, uh, over this because many of the time his his missions and the way that he did things were similar. It's not that we're missing very many things as he usually shows up. Like I said, he sets up in a synagogue uh, or a place where he's able to preach, minister, share the gospel. He usually stays there until he, uh, you know, he, he overstays his welcome and then the followers those who started to follow Jesus he usually pulls aside and ministers to them and um, he's usually ran out of town by jealous Jews or by merchants who uh, because he's affecting the economy preaching the gospel is affecting the economy and uh, we're going to talk about that in just a second I'm excited about it so this is what I want to share um because of his work this is verse 10 because of his work every Jew and Greek in the country of Asia heard the word of the Lord hallelujah Everybody heard. Everybody heard. Whether they received and believed or not, everybody heard. Paul literally was out there making Jesus famous. He was in the streets. He was in the synagogues. He was sharing it with everybody. And it reminds me of this, right? Um, man, when I was when I owned a business, um, I, it was a CrossFit business. And at the moment, it was kind of like the height and the peak of CrossFit. Everybody talked about CrossFit, whether you hated it or you loved it. Even the people who didn't like CrossFit, they're just like, oh, I hate CrossFit. And they would talk about it and they would share why they hated CrossFit. And then there was people who loved CrossFit. And so there was a time and there was like, a, it was a couple year period where everybody was talking about CrossFit. And, and the thing is, is they didn't have to do a lot of advertising because word of mouth would spread when there's something that is a game changer. CrossFit was transforming people's lives or it was hurting people, right? So for people who were doing it uh, poorly with poor form, like they were getting injured. So it, it was it was something that was, it, it had a life of its own and it was controversial and word of mouth, it was able to spread across the world. And as we know it, CrossFit is a global phenomenon. If you haven't heard of CrossFit, uh, it's a real thing and it's a big thing. I'm pretty sure almost everybody has. They have. You probably have an opinion about it. It's too hard. I don't like it. I don't want to get bulky. I heard that people get hurt. Like you've heard of it in some way, shape or form. So when something is powerful, something is controversial, it travels with word of mouth. And so here we see Paul, the gospel's controversial. So there's people who's like, oh, I don't like Jesus. I don't believe in that. This is the God that I worship. Or yes, it's great. It's changing my life. I was delivered. I was demon possessed. I watched somebody who was blind. They can now see. So now the word is spreading. Everybody, it says, in the country of Asia, uh, whether they were Jew or Greek, they heard the word of the Lord. Amen. Glory to God. Somebody's, and now people are saying, oh, it's very strenuous. Jeez, CrossFit. <laughs> All right, past the CrossFit part. Uh, it's hard for me to get away from that because I was in it for so long. But um, what we see moving forward, God used Paul to do some special 
special miracles. And so um, this is something that we haven't seen. We, we were talking about how people wanted to just walk in Peter's shadow. You guys remember that is the fame. Like they were just like, just the corner of his shadow, right? If we can just get into the corner of his shadow, we can be healed. Here we see that uh, people took handkerchiefs and clothes that Paul had used and they put them on the sick. And when they did this, the sick were healed and evil spirits left them right? I don't know about you, but I don't want anybody else's snot rag, especially in the age of COVID. Um, like, no thank you. But back here in this time, God had anointed Paul. He had given him so much power that even his handkerchief, man, he like, blows his nose and he tosses it away. And people are just like, give me that. They get it. And they're healing sick with his, with his booger rag. Like that's how much power and anointing that this man had. Uh, some Jews were also traveling around making evil spirits go out of people. This is what I'm talking about when it comes to authority, okay? They tried to use the name of the Lord Jesus to force evil spirits out. I love this story. And they would say, by the same Jesus that Paul talks about, I order you to come out, right? So, so hey, hey, the Jesus that that Paul is talking about, I order you evil spirit to come out. But it says one time an evil spirit said to them, I know Jesus, <laughs> I know Paul, but who are you, right? Yeah, yeah, Jesus is powerful. I know Jesus. I know Paul because Paul's got uh, booger rags that are healing people. Like, I know who these two are, but who are you? And the man who had the evil spirit jumped on them, and because he was stronger than all of them, they ran away from the house naked and afraid, naked and hurt. All the people at Ephesus, Jews and Greeks, learned about this. They heard about this and they were filled with fear and gave great honor to the Lord Jesus. Many of the believers began to confess openly and tell the evil things that they had done. They were just like, I got to get this off my chest. I've got some skeletons in the closet. The, 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 these demon-possessed people, they're jumping on people. They're beating groups of people up. They're running away naked and afraid. Let me get this off my chest. I don't want anything to do with that. I wanted to share before we get into the next part is that Jesus's name without the authority means nothing. I think that there's a lot, there's a lot of Christians, followers of Christ who haven't accepted the authority and boldness that they have, right? The power that G, we, the power that we have, the power in us through the Holy Spirit is greater than the power in this world, but not all Christians are walking in that. And sometimes I feel like they're that. They're just like, oh, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus that 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 that, that pastor talks about, right? And they're just like, well, we know Jesus and we know that pastor has a lot of fire, but who are you? You, you're, you have the Holy Spirit in you, but you're so weak right now. You're not feeding your spirit, right? I share the analogy of, there's this old story that I, I share and it's not scriptural. It's not a biblical story. So pump your legalistic brakes for just a moment and hear me out. There's a story of the good wolf and the bad wolf. This is a Native American story of all things. I'm not pushing that narrative. I'm not here trying to convince you. I'm not just listen for a second. It's the good wolf and the bad wolf. And the story goes, the Native American grandfather was telling his son, there's a story, or his grandson, there's 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 a story of two wolves. And he says, okay, um, the, the bad wolf is ego, lies, greed, jealousy, envy, hatred, murder, all of these bad things. And the good wolf is love, joy, peace. It's like the fruits of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness. And, and, and the son, and he says, everybody has those two wolves inside of them. And he's just like, grandfather, which one will win? And he says, the one that you feed right? The one that you feed. And okay, now push the Native American tale out. We have flesh and we have spirit. 
right? Flesh represents, it's like the bad wolf, all of the evil things, the wicked things, the desires of our, our, our heart, not the renewed heart, not the new heart. And then we have the spirit. And, and the one, they're, at const, they're constantly at war and constantly battling. Which one is going to win? It's the one that you feed. Well, Andrew, how do you feed your spirit? You feed your spirit by the word of God because man cannot live by bread alone. We feed our spirit through the word. We feed our spirit through fellowship with other believers. We feed our spirit through worship. We feed our spirit through prayer. Okay, so if I'm feeding my spirit, then it's going to be strong and it's going to overcome my flesh. But how do you feed your flesh? Looking at porn, listening to music that doesn't glorify God, living for this world, allowing your eyes to sit and, and feast on things of this world, filling your, you're your feeding your flesh. And so when it comes to that moment of temptation and you're being tempted, what ends up happening? What is, what is more fed? If you've spent all day feeding your flesh and the temptation comes against you, what typically wins? You give in to your flesh. You give in to the bad wolf. But if you spent all day feeding your spirit and that temptation comes, you say, I resist you, devil. You got to flee. That's what the word of God says. Uh, no, no, no. The power in me is greater than the power in this world. You got to get out of here. You can't win. That's walking in authority and boldness. And many of us followers of Jesus, I'm not saying you're not saved, but what I'm saying is that your spirit is weak because you haven't been strengthening it. You haven't been in the spiritual gym pumping iron. What you've been doing is sitting on the couch in your flesh eating fleshly potato chips. I don't even know if that makes sense, but that's where I went with it. And I hope that it resonates with you moving forward. So we see that the, the sons of Siva, Skiva, were sitting here and what were they doing? They're saying they're casting out demons in the name of Jesus and the Paul, the, the Jesus that Paul talks about, right? The, 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 the Jesus that Paul talks about and the demon says, I don't, I, I know Jesus, I know Paul, but I don't know you. And I feel like that's the same kind of mindset that a lot of Christians are walking in. Amen. Amen. We can do better. Start knowing who you are in Christ. All right. Somebody said the temptation isn't a sin. You're absolutely right. Jesus was tempted. If, if, if being tempted was a sin, then Jesus would have been in sin, but he was not because being tempted, we will be tempted. Jesus was tempted. He was perfect, yet he was tempted. So I 100% agree with that. Being tempted isn't the, the sin. Like I, I believe, I look at temptation as an opportunity. Temptation is an opportunity for you to flex your spiritual muscle. So, and, and, and we understand that the more that I exercise my muscle, wow, I'm talking about exercise a lot today. Follow me though. The more that I exercise, the stronger that I get. Amen. So the more, when temptation comes, the more that I overcome, the more that I flex my spiritual muscle, the stronger I get, the easier it gets. When you first overcome looking at pornography, it's hard. It's like a battle, like it's a struggle. You're just like, ah, and by the strength of Jesus, I overcame today. And you're like, whoo, I felt good. I'm confident. I feel better. I need to do that again. And so as temptation to look at porn comes again, you, ah, you're stronger and you're, you're tapping into God's strength and his endurance and you overcome and you feel stronger. And over time, a week of denying, a week of overcoming, a month of overcoming that. The next thing you know, it's not even a second thought. And the thought comes up and you go, nope. And you overcome because you flex that spiritual muscle and you're stronger. Fill in the blank. It doesn't have to be looking at porn. I go to that because it's an easy analogy. But that could be alcohol. That could be drugs. That could be relationships with human beings that aren't good for you, toxic relationships, cycles of abuse and, and, and things that you are putting yourself into. That can be whatever the temptation is, 
but the more that you resist it, right, and, and the devil flees, you start to build this confidence and you start to walk with this boldness and this authority and you get a little swagger to you and you're like, you know what? That, that no longer is an issue. See, things that I struggled with in my 20s, things, the temptations that I would give into, they're no longer a second thought because I've flexed my spiritual muscle. Now, I'm saying that I've spent time in the Word. Doesn't mean that I, I, I can't fall, and I understand that. I will never reach a place in my life where I'm up here and that I'm not susceptible to temptation. Because what happens is when you start thinking that you are not susceptible to temptation, you start to let your guards down, right? The devil loves that when you think that you've arrived, when you think that you're better than the temptation that you can overcome, right? And he's just working behind the scenes, waiting to throw you a curveball right up your alley, exactly what you used to like. And it's going to come bigger, badder in your face and harder. And when you let those guards down, woo, he's going to throw it in, bam, it's going to hit you. And that's how we see a lot of these leaders fall out of place because they reach this point and they're just like, you know, they think they're on fire. They think they're all that in a bag of chips. They, you know, they don't really need to guard their heart. They're putting themselves in situations because they are who they are. And, you know, I've arrived and I've done this. And then they find themselves flat on their face, on their knees again, saying, God, how did I get here? How did I get here? I let my guard down. I stopped feeding my spirit. I started, I started thinking that I was impervious to temptation. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So uh, moving forward, the one thing in this same story, right, as people heard the story of him beating these dudes, the, the demon-possessed man beating them, and they left naked and afraid, uh, you know, they started confessing their sins, but this is what I thought was powerful. It says that um, some of them who used magic brought their magic books and burned them before everyone, Okay. So the fact that these are followers, right? These are followers of Jesus and they have magic books still and they had to go and get them and people started confessing their sins. These are, these are right. Correct me if I'm wrong. Many of the believers, these are believers of Jesus. These are followers of Christ. They've given their life to the Lord. They began to confess openly and tell all of the evil things they had done. Some of them, some of the believers who had used magic back in the day, like in their past, they brought the books and burned them before everyone. One of the most powerful things that I did in my walk as a Christian when I was young in Christ is I remember the church that I was going to, they had this big bonfire. And they said, you know what? We want you guys to go through your house and we want you to bring out anything that is a, a relic or uh, uh, has a tie to your past. And we're going to burn it. And I remember for me, so for me, this is my conviction. Music played a big part in my life. I remember connecting to music at such a young age. And I felt like songs, certain songs were telling the story of my life. And I resonated with it. But as I was saved, sometimes that music would take me back to those places. As I would put it on, I could just feel myself like time travel back to those places. And those places weren't always positive. Many times there were songs that were attached to other people, maybe relationships or times in my life when I wasn't serving or honoring God. And as I would listen to that song, I would sit back for three or four minutes and just reminisce on when I was living in sin and oh, the good old days. And I would start to think about those things. And there was a revelation that, hey, 
right? You, you love the music. It was great. I loved it, but it, it served a purpose. It was during a certain time. So I remember taking this big old book of CDs in a leather case. And this is back in CD days. Like I'm not, a, you know, I'm dating myself. So I remember taking this big old book of CDs and whop, throwing it in the fire. And there was this freedom that came with it. Like to, to know that I'm not I'm, I'm sentimental, like being sentimental uh, or, or having an attachment. My relationship with God is import, more important than hundreds of dollars worth of CD. My, my, my relationship with God is, is more important to me than memories or my past or relationships that were bonded in sin. There's nothing that's more important to me than my relationship with God. And so I took my book of, of, of proverbial magic, right? I took my book of CDs and I threw it in the fire. And I'm not saying this because, oh man, he's so awesome. Because believe me, after I left church, I had a bigger book of CDs that I had compiled, right? I went right back to the very slime and pit and mud that God had delivered me from. And so that's why I have a pretty hard stance on the music that I listen to. It's my own personal conviction. I'm not forcing you guys. You don't have to agree with me or believe it. But um, for me, that was something that was big. But I share that because I believe there's a lot of you out there who still have tokens and relics and things from your past that are ties and that you're holding on to because you don't want to forget the memories. You don't want to let go of these people who maybe held a special place in your heart. You don't want to forget some of these times. Uh, I, I know people will hold, they'll have picture albums and they'll have pictures of, of ex relationships or toxic relationships. And every now and again, when they get into their feelings, they'll go to Snapchat and they'll watch their memories or they'll open up their photo albums and they'll reminisce on the times and on the past you guys burn that stuff get rid of that crap like I'm sorry you can say crap as a Christian right if not I repent I apologize but to me that's what it is it's filthy rags we don't need to hold like stop being so sentimental some of the times these things are the very things that are keeping you in place they're bondage their spiritual ties. Like these people, they realized that. And they said, you know what? I'm going to get rid of my magic book. Now understand that it does, it's not as, as serious as a magic book, but I believe that there's things that you're holding on to relics and, and different mementos that are keeping you in the past and not allowing you to move forward. When God delivered you, you're a new creation, right? You're a new creation. You guys, listen, you're a new creation. What does, like, like, our story, our story is great. It's our testimony. Revelation chapter 12, verse 11, right? By the blood of the lamb and the power of our testimony. That's what we use to help other people. When I'm evangelizing and sharing and trying to help others put their faith in Jesus, I use my story. That's the only time that I go back. I don't go back to sulk. I don't go back to play with regret or, 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 or whatever, right? I don't go back there for that. I don't live there anymore. I use my past in order to evangelize and help others know who Jesus was because my testimony ends in Christ, right? It's not me just selling my sad story. It's me going back in order to point people to Jesus. That's the only reason that we need to be doing that. Amen. But I want to encourage you guys, right? I want to encourage you guys. Get rid of the things that are holding you to your past. Does that make sense? I don't. I, I hope I didn't lose you guys. Let's move forward. I don't know because I can't. I can't read the. Uh, I can't read this. I can't read all of the things. So, let's see here. Moving forward, there was a little bit of trouble in Ephesus. 
And this is what I was talking about, right? Paul would stay in these places until he was no longer welcomed. And so while he's preaching Jesus here, um, there was a man named Demetrius. He worked with silver and he was making these little silver models of the goddess Artemis, who was like the gal. That was their God in that place, right? And so um, he started noticing that it was affecting his business. So he's told that he told the, uh, he told a bunch of dudes who were also in the industry, and he's like, "Hey, we make a lot of money from this business, but we'll look what Paul's doing, right? He's convinced people in, the, in Ephesus to follow Jesus, and now they're starting to uh, they're starting to follow Jesus, and they're no longer buying our little figurines." He says that gods made by human hands are not real. So there is a danger that our business will lose its good name, but there's also another danger. People will begin to think that the temple of the great goddess Artemis is not important. Her greatness will be destroyed, and Artemis is the goddess that everyone in Asia and the whole world worships. So when others heard this, like the picture of what happens is kind of weird, right? So they get angry. They start shouting, Artemis, the goddess of Ephesus is great. The whole city becomes confused, right? So a few people, they start getting upset. And then it's just like the nature of people. It's like the nature of humans. As people are minding their own business and they see people like rising up and they're talking about this. and they're, So they're just like, what's going on? I don't know, but let's go with them. And so they start chanting too. And they don't even know what's like, what is the point? It says the whole city was confused. The people grabbed Gaius and uh, Arista Arches who were from Macedonia, they were traveling with Paul, they take him to the theater, okay? Now there's like this crowd of people, they're confused, everybody's just like chanting, they've grabbed two guys, they, and there's people just like following along, they're just following the crowd, there's a spirit of confusion, they don't know what's going on. Paul wanted to go in and talk to the crowd, but the followers wouldn't let him, like the, the, the church, they're just like, don't go in there, right? Do not go in there, they're protecting him. Some of the leaders uh, of Asia who were friends with Paul sent him a message and they begged him, they said, don't go in the theater, please. So people were shouting one thing. Some were shouting the other. The meeting was completely confused. Most of them did not know why they had come together, right? Like, it's no idea. Like, how do, this sounds like the world that we live in. Um, it really does. And this was completely just off the cuff. It just feels like if there's a, a movement or something, people, we, we, we so long to be a part of something that, that we're willing to take up arms with things that we don't even understand. Right? There's a lot of individuals who will stand with a political party and have never even done their research. They're just following it because that's where they grew up or that's the area that they live in or their friends are all doing it. And so they'll make these stands and they'll be a part of something without truly knowing what, what the, the implication of following this group is. We, we so desperately long to be a part of a movement, right? to belong to a group, to make a difference. And we're willing to be swayed by uh, individuals who don't have our best interest in hand. Right? I see many young people, they're so excited to be a part of something that they're joining movements that they don't even know that they're a part of. They don't even know what they stand for. It's ridiculous. Right? It's ridiculous. So if we're going to stand for something, let's know what we're standing for. And for me, I want to stand for Christ. That's what I want to stand on. I want to stand for the Lord. Amen. You guys see that? Do you guys see that in culture? Just in general, you might even be a part of it. Like I know that I've been a part of things like that where I really don't even truly know the meaning, but because it's like trending and popular and everybody's kind of marching for it, it's kind of like, well, I'll hop on the bandwagon. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go. Let's do it. Let's get it. Right. 
bandwagon and it's dangerous look it's dangerous somebody said it's dangerous because look they've got two people up here you don't know what they're about to do they're probably gonna like it seems they've got all these people they're upset money's being lost now you've got this group of individuals who are confused they're just chanting the same thing over and over and over they don't even know it was like a tuesday they just decided hey i'm just gonna abandon post there's a group of people rioting hey looks like hey let's riot let's go for it hey let's chant ah, the same thing they could literally be about to tear the these people from their limbs like arms and legs off of uh old uh, what were their names artemis or no not artemis gaius and arista arista arches aristarchus aristarchus i don't know but moving forward it says that the city clerk made the crowd be quiet right because they were chanting for two hours Great is Artemis of Ephesus. Two hours chanting. Great is Artemis of Ephesus. These people have no idea why they're there. I'm pretty sure people left. They took shifts. Like they went home. They grabbed a bite to eat. They just kept came and coming back and forth. And it's like, what are you guys doing? But the city clerk, he stops him and he says, hey, be cool. If, if Demetrius has a problem, he needs to take it to the leaders. They can try him. They can judge him. They got to do it right. We don't want to make trouble in the name of Artemis. Like... Uh, these guys haven't done anything wrong. If that's the case, let's do it the right way. He quieted the crowd. Everybody went home. But that right there was, uh, that was the end of Acts chapter 19. But Paul gets to understand. He's just like, okay, this is kind of, uh, this is, this is where the end of my journey for right here is. It's time for me to move forward because many times Paul stays until his welcome. he's no longer welcomed. Typically, when he messes up with the industry, the economy, he starts messing with people's money, or he rubs the, the leaders, the religious leaders wrong, and they typically run him out. Amen? So let's move forward. Let's talk about Psalm chapter 101. That was our New Testament reading. Again, you guys are reading this on your own. I'm sharing some context, some insight, some things that stood out, and um, really whatever God places on my heart in the moment. So Psalm 101, if you guys could put that in the chat, that would be awesome. Um, somebody can put, there we go. Olivia, thank you. Bop. It's pen. So that's what we're reading today. Acts 19 and Psalm 101. You guys are fast with it. So Psalm 101 is short and sweet, just like um, the last couple. I'm loving the short ones, but don't be fooled, man. When we get to Psalm 119, we're going to have to break it up because, uh, I don't know about you. Like, I'm just going to skip ahead. I don't I don't want to read Psalm 119 in one day for several reasons. First off, it's literally the longest psalm that we have. Um, it's, what is it? It's 176 verses. It's a lot. But it's really good, too. Um, there's a lot of highly quoted scripture from Psalm 119. So we are going to take our time through it. We're not going to just burn right through it. Amen. So in Psalm 101, this is uh, a Psalm of David, right? We haven't, we haven't really heard much from David in a while, but um, a Psalm of David, and this is David's declaration to rule righteously. So as he's writing this, we understand that David has been anointed king three different times, once by Saul prophetically, once, uh, you know, after Saul died, and then once over all the tribes. And so this is David's declaration to rule righteously. He's saying, I will sing of mercy and judgment unto thee, Lord, I will sing. And I love this in verse two. He says, I will behave myself right, wisely in a perfect way. And, and when will you come to me? I, uh, I will walk within my house with a perfect heart. I like this verse three because this is what we talked about today. I highlight, I highlighted almost the entire 
the whole chapter, but this one really stood out. I will set no wicked things before my eyes. I hate the work of them that turn aside. It shall not cleave to me. I will not set wicked thing. I will set no wicked thing before my eyes. Hallelujah. You guys, we have to do a better job of not setting wicked things before our eyes. Um, <clears throat> in the world that we live in, especially through social media, news, entertainment, um, and, and movie, we have to have a better discernment. Many times we will sit in a situation and watch and consume something that we understand and know that isn't bringing glory and honor to God for the sake of what? right? We allow these things. <clears throat> There's been several times in my walk with God. And this, again, I don't want to sound like I'm like, look at me. I'm so mature. I'm so evolved as a Christian. You guys, I mess up. I'm a normal guy, right? I'm, I'm, I'm like you in the sense that every day I have to pick up my cross and walk. I have made a decision that I will not set my eyes on things that don't honor God. But there have been times and, and it's gotten more and more uh, the desire to, 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 to not watch those things have gotten stronger as I've walked with Christ. At first, when I was a babe in Christ, it was just kind of everything goes, right? I'm saved. There's grace. I don't understand. But what I started picking up on is that the more that I lay my eyes on things that aren't of God, that aren't bringing him glory and honor, the more likely I am to slip and fall into different areas of my life, right? If I'm listening to a lot of music that has a lot of cuss words, I'm more likely to use those words in the heat of the battle. As, as the days go on, I would start to understand and, and just pay attention. I would start paying attention. What I'm watching, what I'm listening to, what I'm consuming would start to uh, live, uh, would start to be real in my life. I would start to uh, start speaking a certain way or acting a certain way or start doing things that didn't line up with the scripture, right? You always hear this quote. This is like, I, I'm reaching right here, but you, are, you always hear the quote that you're the average of your five closest friends. Uh, I, I believe that that's true. The people who you hang around with, you, know, you hang out with dogs, you're going to get fleas, right? If you, if, you, if you run with the turkeys, you can't soar with the eagles. There's a bunch of quotes like that, but it's the same thing. Like what you're consuming is going to take root and it's going to plant itself in your heart and it's going to come out into your life. Does that make sense? Uh, and so that's just kind of like, it, it gives me the importance of how we need to pay attention to what we're looking at right? Agree to disagree. A lot of people, um, even Christians, I just pray for discernment. I pray that over time, God would reveal to you that it's not, it's not wise. Okay. It's not wise that we need to guard our hearts. We need to guard the things that we're consuming and not consuming just by eating, but consuming through our eyes and ears. And I will stand on that. That's a hill that I will die on as a experience, as a, a man who, uh, has been on that side, has been on both sides. It's a hill that I'll die on. Right, and you don't have to agree with me, um, but it, it is of the utmost importance. You, the victory that you walk with, the boldness and the authority, um, is is next level when you set yourself aside, when you really pursue and say, you know what, nothing, nothing is more important. Nothing is more important. I want to set myself aside. I want to pay attention to the things that I'm watching and the things that I'm looking at. Agree to disagree. Secondary issue. You're still my brother or sister. If you decide to watch stuff that you shouldn't and listen to things that you shouldn't, it's your walk. It's your relationship. There's no judgment here. I love you, but I'm calling you higher, right? I'm challenging you, especially men. You know what? We talked about this. My brother, Brandex, he, he prayed over me yesterday, and this is what we talked about. We're calling men higher to a higher standard. 
We, we want you, and I'm calling all people, so women don't be like, why not us too? Mainly because you guys have ran the church, right? Mainly because you guys have been the backbone of families. Many times on Sunday, homeboy is at home watching football or tinkering in the garage while the women are holding it down. And if you're a guy who's like, I'm at church, this isn't personal. I'm talking about overall. Overall, what we see is men uh, kind of passively following Jesus and then wondering why they're not having authority in their life. So you know what? I am calling men specifically. I'm calling you higher. I'm calling you to a higher level. Brand X said something. He said, keep up. God's calling us to leadership. He's calling us to roles. He's calling us to, to, to lead families and to be uh, just rock solid individuals in our community. And it starts with the things that you're laying your eyes on. So yes, I am calling you to a higher place. I'm calling you to a higher place. Do better, men. We can do better. We can lead by example. And this isn't coming from somebody who's, oh man, I've just lived my life perfect. I was a train wreck. Many times I'm still a train wreck. I'm like a derailment. I'm not a full wreck, but I'm sometimes a derailment. A derailment. Like I'm still a work in progress. I still don't got it figured out. You know what I mean? Come on now. There he is. So we finish off the verse or the, the chapter, chapter 101. Uh, my eyes shall be upon the faithful of the land that they may dwell with me. He that walketh in a perfect way, he shall serve me. Again, this is David decreeing that he, as he reigns as king, as he steps into this position of king, he wants to make sure that the kingdom that he runs is as close to a copy of God's kingdom as possible. And he's calling the individuals with me saying, hey, if you're faithful, right? If you walk in a perfect way, you're gonna be a part of my team. If you're a man of integrity, if you're a man who walks upright, if you don't lay your eyes on things, I want you running with me. I want you to be a part of my squad. This is David calling individuals who are running in the same direction. I want people who are going to run with me. And you should too. You should want the counsel. You should want the fellowship. You should want the community. You should want to be surrounded by individuals who are like-minded and who are running in the same direction. I, I don't know about you, but I don't have time to start to, to just be dragging people. If you don't want to run in this way, then you can walk back there. I want to I want to be on fire for the kingdom. I want to tell the world about Jesus. I, I don't have time to be you know towing the line of sin. I don't I don't want that in my life, and I don't want to incorporate people like close to me. I'll be here for them. I'll love them, I'll minister to them, I'll disciple them, I'll encourage them. But as far as running mates, God has given me clear direction and given me a place to go. And I want you all to come with me, but we don't have time for stragglers, right? We're not going to drag you to the place of promise because God wants us to sprint and he wants us to run. He wants us to charge for it, amen? So if you're ready to run, let's go. And if you're not, Brandex said, keep up. You guys keep up. God can do amazing things in your life, and I'm excited for it. I'm excited for what he's doing in my life, and more importantly, I'm excited what he's doing in your guys' lives. A hundred and what? 11, 112 days in a row of coffee and prayer, and this is all because of you guys. It's not me. It's nothing special. I'm a, I'm a vessel for the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. So let's, uh, let's wrap it up today. I'm getting hot. I'm sweaty in here. Um, prayer requests. I want to pray. I believe that we need to pray. So you guys, go ahead and uh, put your prayer request in the comment section if that's what you feel led to do. If you don't want to verbalize it, praying hands is an unspoken prayer. Um, I'm so thankful and grateful that you guys show up and and, and put up with me and uh, my corny jokes, my dad jokes, and you guys are here faithfully. I love that you guys checked up on me. It really blessed my heart. Um, 
I'm just, I'm honored and, and I'm excited for the journey and, and what we're doing. Somebody asked, are you, is your goal to go 365? And I said, no, <laughs> I don't want to go 365 days in a row. You guys, I want to go 500. And then from there, I want to go a thousand. I, I, I don't want to put a limit on this thing. I don't know. Um, I, I don't know. Maybe God says it's only 115. I'm listening to the Lord. However many days, wherever, I don't know. It's his. It's his. Amen. This is his ministry. This is his coffee and prayer. And um, I'm just excited for what he's doing in your guys' lives. And so I'm so thankful. I want to give you guys honor. I want to honor you guys for, uh, we made 70, $71.22, $71 in badges on this Friday. Thank you guys. I honor you. I appreciate it. Church is coming up on the 20th. Please be there. Um, the, don the, the donations and badges, they go to our ministry. So we are so thankful and grateful that you guys are rocking with us and, um, and uh, do that. It's, it's, such a, it's such a great, such a great honor. So love you guys. My brother, Henry Philip III. That's my guy right there. Okay, wow, that was really hot. I forgot that that's not what I'm drinking. Woo, burnt my face off. Amen. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you for today. We are so grateful um, that we get to call one another brother and sister in Christ. That we know we are not alone. That we have friends. We have family. Maybe not in our life. Some of us might be alone, but we know that we virtually have friends and family members. We are so grateful and honored that we know Jesus. We're thankful for the sacrifice that he made. We're thankful for his obedience. We're thankful for his grace and mercy and love. God, help us to be uh, more like him. Lord, we want less of us and more of him. We pray right now in his mighty name, the name above all names, the name that uh, has freed us, the name that has given us joy, the name that has given us peace and comfort. We pray in his mighty name that, Lord, you would lead us and that you would guide us, fill us to overflowing with your comfort and joy. That's what we want, Lord. There's so, there's so many spirits of confusion, spirits of concern, worry, and fear. God, we need you. We cannot do this without you. God, lead us. God, we want you to teach us from our failures and mistakes. We are not perfect. We fail daily. We make mistakes daily. We miss the mark. Help us to learn from them so that they're not to be repeated. Help us to grow from them. We want you to give us eyes to see and ears to hear. God, give us a heart to receive. Lord, soften our heart. And as you do so, plant your word in there so that when the moment of temptation comes, we're able to bring to memory your scripture, your word, which is our sword. Help us to battle the, the, the tactics and the temptations of the enemy. Help us to be strong in our resistance, knowing that he will flee. Help us to stand on the truth that the power in us is greater than the power in this world. Lord, we as we leave this place, we ask that you would allow us to shine your light in this world. This world is fallen. It's dark, it's evil, but we know that there are good people. There are people who need to know you. There are people who want to know you better. There are people who don't even know that they need you. Lord, help us to be vessels for your Holy Spirit. Help us to be vessels of light. Help us to be filled with, uh, with, with just your love and your truth, to be ministers of the gospel. 
and to help people put their faith in you, to repent from the life that they're living and to follow you in full-blown mode. We believe that right now you are raising individuals up in your kingdom. People who are running, not walking, people who are running to the promised land, who are running with your promises, who are running with your truth, who are bold and unashamed to preach your gospel. But we ask that you would anoint them. God, that you would bless them, that you would send them out. We know that the harvest is great and the workers are few. Right now, raise up workers. Raise up people who want to do your bidding. Raise up people who are unashamed. Raise up people who, who want the world to know about you, who want to essentially make you famous. God, we love you. We are so grateful, so humbled and honored that you would uh, bless us with the divine revelation of who your son is, as we know there are people around this world who have never even heard his name. So as we go from this place, God, protect us, protect our loved ones, people in our sphere of influence, and uh, prepare hearts to hear the good news that we preach. And we pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. I thank you guys. I love you. I honor you. Happy Friday. If it's Friday where you're at, We'll be back here tomorrow. Uh, we got the Super Bowl this weekend. So on Super Bowl Sunday, I want you guys to know that I'm going to show up to coffee and prayer, right? Please do not not show up. Please do not think that because that's a national holiday, right? We were here on Christmas. We were on Thanksgiving. We were on New Year's Eve, the day after New Year's Day. I didn't stay up, and, and I think I was in bed pretty early on New Year's Eve, Um yeah, it was it was 12 on the East Coast, so I made it tonight. We are going to be here. We're going to show up. We're going to show out. Um, for those of you who want to join the men's group, uh, we're, we're doing the men's group on the Sanctuary app. The Sanctuary app uh, has a men's waiting room. You go in there, you sign up, and then um, they expedite you into the men's room, and then you get a Zoom link for our Tuesday night uh, meetings. Amen. So again, thank you. I just want to say I honor you guys. And now it's at ninety-seven dollars. Um, I appreciate it. I, I really do. I don't know how to. I don't know how to uh, just extend my my warm gratitude. But I love you guys, and uh, I really do appreciate you. I hope that you guys have an amazing day. The last thing I want to share with you guys before I go, if you got to get out of here, get out of here. That's fine. I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap for just a second. But um, this is what I want to say. Make sure you guys are reading your scripture on your own, right? This isn't me reading it to you. Don't take my word for it. Please don't take my word for it. I want you guys to become researchers. I want you guys to become hungry for the word. I want you guys to take time to open your Bible, grab your highlighter. I want you to take notes. I want you to do research. If you have questions, I want you to Google it. If you have questions, I want you to find resources, trusted resources where you can break things down. Where you can break things down and have a better, deeper understanding of the gospel, of what we're talking about. And uh, I just want you to get more acquainted with the word on your own. Don't take my word for it, right? Me knowing the word isn't going to change you. Amen. Me, me knowing scripture isn't going to make a great impact in your life. Right, Because you can't quote scripture if you don't know scripture. And you don't know scripture unless you are taking the time to read it. Amen. I love you guys. I honor you and I will see you back here tomorrow. God bless you and have a great rest of your day.